It's the Tiltcast, episode 475, Dainty Back. And this week, guys, we talk Orcs Must Die, Monster Hunter Stories, Rimworld Ideology, and Death's Door. Stay tuned. Shade Tree Chiropractic. Yeah. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a can. <laughs> it's the Tiltcast. And we're back. And uh, while there's three voices, only two are in the room. Yeah. Um, it is an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I am Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get some amount of time of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games and some news. Bullshit. And right now it is uh, 824 on July the 24th. No, 938 on July the 24th. A little later than normal. Feels like 100 outside. It feels like a fucking oven outside. Holy shit. Yeah, you didn't go out and mow the lawn today. Jason, I don't know what you did, but... Uh, Jason fucked up his back somehow, so that's why he is remote. And uh, he must have been outside at least a little bit today. A little bit. That's right. Not not too much, because I actually almost threw out my back last, last night. Last night. You see? Doing what? Yeah. Do we want to know? Was he cleaning pipes? I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> no, I was actually uh, cleaning, cleaning a friend's pool. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. accidents happened. Mm-hmm. Accidents happen. See, when you say that, I'm thinking you fucking, like, slipped and did a backflip into a fucking pool, but you landed on the flat of your back, fucking, like, you know, belly flop style. Or he, like, was on the diving board and then fell backwards and hit his back on the diving board. Oh, or, or, you know, hit the side of the fucking pool if it was, like, an above-ground pool, or basically all of the things that uh, that could go wrong is going wrong in my head right now. What did, what did you do? You were chasing a well, unicorn. It's an above ground pool, so I was actually scraping the bottom with a pole brush from inside the pool. Why would you do that? Slipped several times over extending my back. Wait, were was the pool full of water or empty? It was mostly full, which still is only just over my waist. Okay. So you slipped and fell into a pool, but it overextended your back. Yeah, but but, but you it was waist high water. But waist high water. Just a very yep. dainty back. Yeah, I, my back is not great and has not been for years. Well, I can attest that this is a thing, but still, sure. Okay, so if you're in waist high deep water. And you slip, which I'm I'm a, I'm going to assume that the bottom of that pool was fairly slimy if if you were cleaning it. Um, worse than ice skates. Worse than ice skates. Then why were you in it? Just hot. I mean, pretty at, much. At, at this point, if you well, have that's an above, a pretty, that's a pretty gross pool, though. If it's yeah, that slimy, if you have an above ground pool and it's that fucking slimy, and you're cleaning it while you're in it, you are in that slime. You are in a slime. Uh, 
And that's why you never it's... jerk off in a bathtub because mm-hmm. you're just swimming in your own semen. Ah, ah, come on, man. Now, oh. Basically, I was doing it because she's whittling down there. Apparently, her. Uh, her long story short, this is a this is a family that our family hangs out with a lot because their kids are similar age to ours. Okay. Her hus- her husband's been out of town for several days. Apparently the pump wasn't running. She's at least smart enough to shock the bull beforehand. So like any algae or anything was already neutralized. Police. Almost clear looking except for the dirt sitting at the bottom of it. Which was slimy. Because you'd yep. shock the pool, and it's all settling to the bottom now. Yep. Great. That's just fucking wonderful. I still wouldn't have gotten in that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have either. I'd have just dealt with uh, being hot. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm a braver soul than most. So, even so, an above-ground pool... I just think of, this, like, there's going to be some kind of grime that gets up my asshole or something. I, I mean, there is no amount of shock... That is going to save your butt. Um, the uh, I'm just saying that an above-ground pool in Oklahoma in the middle of summer is basically a hot tub. That I mean, you're getting into water that's maybe 10 degrees cooler than ambient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't after I got it clean and refilled it, though. Oh, well, I mean, you're refilling it, so there's, there's that. But... Yeah. Yeah, felt damn good after that. Oh, of course, because you just got water from wherever the water source is, and it's generally going to be cool. But you know, Oklahoma summers. Uh, I was not expecting the wave of fuck that uh, greeted me as soon as I walked out the door. My my place is generally a refrigerator. Um, I keep myself preserved as much as possible, and. Um, Walking out the door was, it was, oh, I walked out and then I wanted to walk right back in, dude. It was nasty. Like, why do you want me to fucking leave in this shit? It feels like fucking 100 degrees and the sun's already down. The hell's going on with you? And of course, there's idiots on the road. I, I, I don't do days and I don't do summers. Uh, give me fall or winter any fucking time. Because... Fuck Oklahoma heat, seriously. I hate it. Yeah, it's, well, today I decided it. So it was hot yesterday, too, so I mowed the front yard, and I was like, fuck, this is too bad, because I still have to walk the dog, and I was sweating bullets, you know. It was 110 degrees today. And then today, I was like, because I'm now fully adjusted nights, I woke up at almost 11 o'clock, and I was like, you know, i got to wake up. Uh Oh. And then I didn't start mowing till about noon oh. and mowed the backyard, which was like ankle height. You know, it was like five inches long. So it took me double, double the time, you know? Yeah. And then just I felt like I about had a heat stroke. Even Lola was just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? She was just sitting under the tree watching me mow. <laughs> like just, I could tell she was hot, but it was, it was bad today. It was, uh, finally felt like summer after all of this fucking rain. I- and then you know I don't I I don't do summer at all. Like there is nothing redeeming of, about summer for me. I, I I actually got out and did something with people 
Ew. Um, yeah, ew. My friend, <laughs> well, my we... friend's wife hasn't seen me since um, they had a kid two and a half years ago. Oh. Well. And I've seen Brian since then, right? But I haven't seen him and his wife at the same time. She's like, hey, so uh, you going to come over on Friday night for dinner? Oh. I was like, okay, sure. Oh, you said okay immediately? What the fuck? Well, I mean. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is the one socializing. This is the one friend I have from high school. Okay, and it's his wife. Okay, socializing. That's great. So That's great. I went over. Th- I went over there, and uh, she surprised. So the first time I met his wife, I guess she was trying to make a good impression. She brought me this huge, like fifty-eight ounce mug. You know, like huge, 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 right? That was literally filled full of little, like mini fridge or mini, uh, mini bar shots. Right. Like 30 of them in there. And I want to say this is probably like my 34th birthday or something like that. And she's like, hey, so I brought you a birthday gift. I was like, okay. Um, And then I felt obligated to take all of them. And it was like 25 different shots. And it about put me in a fucking coma. Oh, yeah. That That would do it. But I hadn't. She, when as soon as I got there, she's like, "Hey, did you bring anything to drink?" I was like, no. "I've got water in the car." She's like, "That's not what I'm talking about." I was like, "Oh no, no." She's no. like, uh, "Okay, well, I've, I'm going to solve this. I've got Modelo. I know you drink Modelo, so there's Modelo in the fridge. We're going to drink Modelo because you know your 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 friend here doesn't drink at all, and I've got some Fireball in the kitchen. Fireball." Fireball. So I had a couple of shots of Fireball and about three beers last night, and I was way more lit than somebody should be off two shots and three beers. <laughs> it's been a while since you... I haven't... I've drank a single beer all year, and uh, let me tell you, like, I couldn't stand up for about an hour, and then, uh, you know, played some cards against humanity, which we haven't done in a long time, which would be fun again. Oh. Looks like uh, Lola is atta- attacking the rusty person. <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, she needs this. Is she gonna jump off? That's the dismount. Yep, we done. I think so. Yeah. For now, until round two comes around, she is a uh, creature of habit. The uh, this dog. Um, well, oftentimes when me and Rusty are gaming, we like what's going on with Lola. It's like uh, she's gotta gotta go to the kids' room. She's gotta go sniff some pillows. <laughs> she's guess she goes in there and she's got like this little fur rug in there. And because the kid lived with me for a little bit, right? She mm-hmm. still has her room set up. So Lola has to go back in there, like roll around on a rug, go up and jump on her bed, sniff her pillows, sniff like some clothes that are in the closet and like roll around for a minute. And then she's she's, she's good. perfectly happy. Like, But if I don't, what she does is she like gets pounce. right up against the, do- the door, pouts and then scratches the door. And so the bottom of the door is all fucking tore up from Lola scratching it every time she wants to go in the kids' room. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah yeah this this happens a lot. Uh, and every course, night and and of course every time I come over she's got to jump up on my chest and give me a wet willy in both ears at least twice of uh, a podcast. So it's it it's just super creature of habit. Super creature of habit, but yeah, I mean, it, so so yeah, I I understand where you're coming from as far as like the, the drinks thing. Like a couple shots would light you up way faster than you expect. Um, well, it's like I was even thinking, like 
was talking to, we'll talk about this offline a little bit more, but like, I'm kind of ready to have a little barbecue. Yeah, it's it's coming up on that uh, on that time of year where we all tick over our uh, tick over a number, uh, and yours is four zero, isn't it? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm Jason, gonna... you're gonna be what thirty seven or thirty six? Thirty six. Damn, you're young. God damn, and I'm gonna be thirty nine. Yeah. Fucking young ass bastard. We can do a couple of these. I just want to do, maybe I'll do a mini one and then I'll invite a bunch of people for a larger one. I, it's something like that. Just remember, I'm a fucking introvert. So every time you ask me out of this, uh, out of my apartment is like, you know, it's, yeah. It's, maybe, maybe I'll smoke us some really good stuff and then I'll smoke some chicken for everybody else. <laughs> just be like, yeah, you get chicken thighs and you're going to like it. <laughs> hey, that's so bad. I can smoke some badass chicken thighs. There you go. But it only cost me $10 to feed everybody. Exactly. You're getting chicken thighs. But where's the legs? I had those last night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always have, like, probably four to eight chicken thighs in my freezer at all times. Yeah. See, chicken thighs are just like, you know... the. At, at first, they're kind of a pain in the ass to cook, but then you realize it's like oh, it's not that bad. It's really not, you know. Just you crisp up the you know the skin side, and man, that uh, that comes out real good. Um, I, I, th- I you know, when I was a kid, I didn't even like white or dark meat at all, and I guess it's technically dark meat, right? Yep. Um, but now that I'm an adult, 100% prefer grilling a chicken thigh over a chicken breast That's any day of the flavor. week. It's way more thick. It's it's splashy. It's yeah, it's very splashy. You can you can make some really splashy thighs. Yep, it's very splashy. Uh, and uh, and 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 chicken breasts are just like they're Dust. dry. Yeah, they're fucking dry as bone. God, the only time I use ch- uh, chicken breast is if I'm going to shred it up and put something else in it, like fucking barbecue chicken is. You know, it, it. I mean, even dark meat barbecue chicken is not bad. No, yeah, hungry for I'm, chicken. Yeah, you. It's better if you smoke chicken thighs, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just cut the meat off the bone, mm-hmm. and then you just throw a little bit of sauce on it and turn it into a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Or you know, the the low carb version is just throw it between two chaffles and put a little bit of low no sugar barbecue like sauce on it fucking chicken taco with chicken thigh you know you know chicken thigh dark meat in there and some fucking like some you know some spices and some sauce. welcome to the, oh. the food cast jason mm. you've been up to anything interesting besides cleaning pools and breaking your back Clean. no that's about it break this guy yeah. he's like not breaking myself <laughs> I always think it's weird, like, people our age having back problems. I haven't had back problems, thank- thankfully, but two of you have had back Men problems. Men fucking knock on some goddamn wood. I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a great thing, though. I have, I have more problems with, uh, with, with, uh, you know, my cranium, uh, and, and migraines than I do with my back, thankfully. You know, and, and I know a good chiropractor. That's, that's the thing. You start learning, like, where to go to fix the problems that you're experiencing as you get older, and one of those is going to be a good chiropractor. You go in there, and, I mean, if you're, so the gauge of success for a chiropractor is, is if he can crack your back and you relax so much that you fart and it fucking vibrates the room, 
you know him as he's a I good have, chiropractor. So if you guys remember <laughs> Chuck from our old job, <laughs> Chuck was my impromptu chiropractor. He had a couple things he'd do. So real stocky guy, not real tall. Right. But do one or two things. He'd either basically give me a bear hug and pop my back from my ass to my neck. Yep. Or he'd literally pick me up by my head. And crack my whole back. There was one dude that and I went to. Yeah, it was even when I was fat, he could do that. Like, <laughs> when I was over over 300 pounds, Chuck could pick me up with my head. And when he got my toes off the ground, it's just like my back just. Yep. Yep. There was one dude that uh, that that did that. I had a uh, I had some neck pain. And I was at a, uh, uh, I was at like, I think it was like a Ren Faire. Uh, and, man. Like I was super fucking tense. I had neck pain. My my neck was super fucking stiff, uh, and I was constantly just rubbing the back of my neck. Uh, and I met this guy at you know at the at the Ren Fair, and he's like, "You got a problem with your neck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's fucking been deal. Uh, I've been dealing with some fucking pain all fucking day. I mean, it's hard to it's, it's hard to experience you know a good Ren Fair." When you're fucking dealing with this type of shit, especially in the summertime, you know, in Oklahoma. Uh, and he's like, oh, I can fix that for you. And I'm like, you know, okay. It takes a lot of faith just to test the waters of an impromptu chiropractor. Well, I can, he says, I can fix that for you. And I'm like, at that point, I was super fucking desperate. So... He's like, all right, relax your neck. Don't tense up at all. I'm going to do a couple things, and you're going to be right as rain. I'm like, okay. So relax my neck. Go to my fucking happy place because some stranger's got his hands on my fucking head. And then all of a sudden, he fucking twists my head around. And I swear to God, I saw over my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear this loud pop, and I thought... This is it. This is how I die. <laughs> I just, I just personally experienced what it's like to have your your head fucking like neck snapped like movie style. And then he did, you know. And then he's like, okay. And he rolls my neck around for a couple seconds, and then he fucking goes the other direction. And I swear, yeah, swear to God, I saw over my fucking old uh, other shoulder, and. And then, and then all of a sudden, it just he just lets go of my head, and I'm like, "It's still standing." Okay, I haven't fallen over yet. Maybe it's just a delayed reaction thing. I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here in a few seconds, right? I'm just gonna fall over. And then he's like, "You should be good." And then I just kind of roll my neck around, and all this, all of the tension is gone. It's like. You ever get a you know a neck crack and you get that that cool sensation that goes down your spine? Yeah, uh, you're not supposed to have that. <laughs> but uh, that's that's exactly what happened, and all of a sudden, instantly, just like that, I was perfect. And then he bought me some mead, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, it took a lot of uh, a lot of trust, but at that point, I mean. I, I was I, I was ready to pack it in for the day, and I probably would have been in pain for another week until I could have gotten to another fucking chiropractor. And I kind of knew the guy, but it wasn't necessarily like 
I didn't know him for his chiropractic ability, you know? <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, PSA, don't get strange uh, strangers to do chiropractor work for you. It could end up very bad for you. Um, but it worked for me. I haven't had problems like that in a long-ass time. Maybe he permanently fixed my neck. Maybe he just cracked it. Maybe this is all a fucking dream. It's a necrosism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If this is a dream, I'm living in a fucking nightmare. That's for goddamn sure. Because, oh my god, dog, you you just you were just up on my chest. You're gonna need to not beat the door. So, so yeah. <laughs> Jason. What have yep. you what have you been playing? Now, of course I played a little bit more Fallout 4, but I actually uh last couple days been playing BattleTech again. This guy, just, he's a it's a creature of habit. Of pace. He's a creature of habit. He'll go back to all the games that he's modded before even though he's got a fucking PC that can play other games. He just goes back to the same ones over and over again. I know exactly how you feel, I, man. I downloaded <laughs> Fermentide. Hey! Just haven't played it with you yet. Well, just okay. Ping. Yeah. All we need is the ping. You, you just the, gotta, you just gotta let me know <laughs> that the ping needed to be yesterday or today because I can't play again till either tomorrow morning or tomorrow night. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be a little bit behind the microphone because uh dog belt number two must happen apparently now just pick her up by her armpits come on you tit you are a tit you are a, you are continue i'm gonna <laughs> anything else jason besides battletech uh no and i just really started uh you really i fell back on it because to be honest Stuff start feeling boring. I think uh, I think it's about time you uh, try out some Vermintide. Yeah, as long as you don't like the dwarf, I'm be, I'll be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, I won't touch your dwarf. That's not my headphones. Yeah, those are not plugged in. I mean, I never touch your dwarf. You can't hear anything you're saying. That's the side effect of you not being in the room when the dog wants to, like, you know, jump up on my chest. I can't hear you. So. Oh, I I saw the dog. I just didn't see you take your headphones out. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of standard. Otherwise, she starts pulling cables. I mean, if you get Game Pass, you could also play MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries on Game Pass. Yes. Which is a mech game, which is not a game you're playing. Um... Tis true, we're just kind of still waiting on the federal tax return before I get that. Gotcha. But the, the, the whole Game Pass thing. He needs, yeah. he needs to get Game Pass. There's, there's quite a few, quite a few games on there. I've given a couple a try that, uh, didn't work out so well for me. But, I mean, I mean that's I'm, the whole point of Game Pass is you can give shit a try. It's my game rental service is kind of what I treat it like. Yeah. 
And, and there's some, some stuff on there that on Permarent, like Wasteland is on Permarent. And if I didn't continue to have things to play, which was not the case last week. In fact, like I'll be off for five days in a row in four days. Um, I'll be just be playing games. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's all I plan on doing. And uh, gamer vacation. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. In fact, Jess, Jess was asking me, she's like, what are you going to do for five days? Are you going to go anywhere? I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> it's like I basically wake up, do chores, go to work, play multiplayer, go to bed, rinse, repeat over and over and over again. Yeah, that sounds like a hell of a vacation for me. And for me, I'm just, yeah, I want to do that, but also have the whole afternoon to goof off. Right. And I haven't gotten that in a while. Yeah. I mean, I sort of got it today, but it's just, you know, you live by yourself, you get other things come up. I know today I game for a little bit, then had to mow, and then take her on a walk, and then cook a little bit of food, and probably about five-ish hours of the middle of my day were spent doing chores. Mm, yeah. And so I dicked around for a couple hours before you got here, and my night's kind of mm, over. Kind of. <laughs> it's it's over. It's over now. Um, yeah. And no, then last night I was doing social things for five hours. Right. I... I mean, I don't even look at my days off. Sure. I mean, I get a, a three and a four day, you know, weekend. I'm in the middle of my four day weekend right now, but, it, and that would seem like a fucking vacation for most. Um, but it's, it's, it really doesn't, it really doesn't do the job for me. I need to have like 10 days off. Uh, that, that, that is, that's my vacation. That's, that is, uh, well, there's actually quite a, quite a few things coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, that have potential. Yeah. And I'm legitimately looking forward to a couple of games. There's a game kind of like Fallout, uh, Jason, called Chernobylite. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a... So it's... I say kind of like Fallout. It's more like Stalker, but more open world. So you set up a hub and you set up a settlement. And you're rebuilding a settlement, and then you're going out into a radioactive Russian wasteland, kind of like Stalker. And I don't know if you've ever played Stalker, but it's like kind of like Metro, but more weird, uh, more paranormal is the word I'm looking for. Um, and this really focuses more on the paranormal stuff. But, you know, you can fully kit out weapons, etc., and it's been an early access for a while. It's got pretty decent reviews. Um, and I've been watching some people play, you know, um, on stream to kind of get an idea of what it's like. And now that it's about to be 1.0, very much uh, ready to play. It's 30 bucks, So kind of like a Fallout slash Stalker style game with a little bit of paranormal, but not a lot of paranormal. Um which that, that kind of fits into a vein that I can do. A lot of weird, crazy looking creatures, like, you know, with tri split mouths and stuff like that. A lot of, you know, scary shit in the in the dark. But, you know, with me having a weapon that doesn't make me nearly as scared, unlike some of the other horror games. Where you just run? Yeah, I don't like games where I just run. Amnesia. Fucking um, yeah. outlast. Fucking amnesia is legit scary. Outlast is scary. Yeah. Outlast. Outlast will fuck with you. Um, there's plenty of fucking horror games that I don't... I, I just don't do. 
Like the whole powerless thing? Nah, I'm good. Nope. Give me a shotgun. I'll fucking go doom on these motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> I don't care how fucking scary you are. If I've got a double barrel and plenty of fucking, you know, ammo, I'm good. Thank you. Fucking give me a shotgun. Pump, pump shotgun. Perfectly. You know, double barrel just feels good, though. Double barrel saw off. Though I don't want to get that close. Anywho, um... Yeah, no, uh, Chernobylite looks looks all right. Uh, probably not necessarily my game. It does look stalkerish though, just from uh, from what I looked at it. Oh, um, if you get it in early access, you get all future DLC for free. Maybe oh, I'll just buy it. Just <laughs> fucking go buy it then, because it's only in early access for another week. It's for five more days. I mean, sure, if that saves you some, you know, saves you time. That's one way of getting people to fucking buy your early access or, you know, uh, buy your pre-order shit is like, it's hey, a- you pre-order, I'm going to give you all of the DLC that would normally cost like $10, you know, later on. Yeah, it's made by a Polish developer. They're called Farm 51. I don't really know a lot about them. Um, they made a game called Get Even. I don't. I don't and they've I got something called the Chernobyl, Chernobyl VR Project. And that's all they've got. I guess I can look at the reviews so far. The VR thing didn't get great reviews. What about Get Even? Mostly positive reviews. It's more of a psychological thriller. Oh, it's published by Bandai Namco. Well, okay, that's not bad. <laughs> Similar games you've played: Half Life, Alex, and Firewatch. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> No, no, it really doesn't. Like, that's a, a combination of game that does not necessarily make sense at all. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, Chernobylite's one of the ones I'm hoping's in a, you know, a, a gem. And we shall see if it is or is not. Um, so I'll talk about it. But uh, me and Rusty have actually been playing some new. And Rusty, you've got a couple of games, one that you didn't get a chance to talk about. So I'm going to ping pong back and forth and give you a chance to talk a little bit about if you're still messing with her, I will dive into what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, you 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 might need to because she's not being very nice to me right now. She's she's being super nice to me, but that's the sound of her tail beating against the wall. You just pick her up under underneath her armpits. There, All right. right there. there you go. There you go. See, you're she's gonna smiling. Get, you're going to get corporal. <laughs> <laughs> she just elbowed my voice box. So, um, for those of you that have listened to this show for quite a while, um, uh-oh, you're going to give her zoomies. Um, there's a game called RimWorld that I've played just a little bit of. In fact, I was playing that before we started. Um, and they came out with a expansion called Ideology. And what Ideology is, is it's a... It's basically setting belief structures for your tribe. So what that means is that you have different rule sets for your tribe. Now, before you um, got started with RimWorld, you could have all sorts of different groups. You might have a cannibal in your group. You might have somebody who is an ex-cop. You might have a soldier. You might have a starship captain. But none of their following beliefs came with them, right? Um, So... 
one of the things that this does is it gives them kind of like rule sets for your tribe to live by. Um, and what that means is that you create a, a theme for your group. And so having a theme for your group also lends itself to additional quests and additional ways that you have to play the game for it to work. So a lot of RimWorld early game is just simply managing your needs. You've got your food and your shelter, and that's what you manage at first. Now, you still manage that as you get further in the game, but um, the game does something for you where it gives a buff called Extremely Low Expectations, and what that does is that helps you mitigate all of the different debuffs that happen from things not happening the way the colonists need them to. So, like right, sleeping in dirty rooms and shit like that. Yeah, or just eating raw berries for a while, right? So, because you have ex- all of your colonists have extremely low expectations, they don't have you don't have to worry about much other than making sure they're sheltered and give them, you know, make sure that their wounds are tended to, etc. Yeah. And then as it, the game progresses, the you know you might need a room with no light for somebody, or you might need somebody might have to eat people because they're a cannibal, right? Um, you'll have all sorts of you'll have somebody that has to smoke has to smoke weed because you know um, she he's ha- he's got a chemical interest and in, in smoke leaf is what it's called in the game is readily available, right? So you have. Um, those needs that start to creep up. Well, what ideology does is it gives you additional needs. I know that sounds horrible, but it's not. Um, you got to create a theme. So I've started, you know, the way that I play RimWorld, and I haven't played it in a while, is I start and stop a few colonies till I kind of get my groove going again. So I started a colony that was centered around herding, right? And then I realized that they don't want to eat any plants, so all they got to eat is meat and they've got to care for animals and create stuff, right? So, that was the game I was playing the other night oh. when I was talking to you and the ducks kept getting eaten by cougars. Oh. Um, I was trying to create a rancher um, ideology. So, they were ranchers and Christians, I think? Christian ranchers that only ate meat? Okay. Um and I can't remember all the Christian needs were, but like you had to have like a, basically you have to create a room for them to worship or practice their ideology. Right. So right now um, I've got a monotheist religion that's loosely based on Hinduism and I have um, their collectivists. So basically like making like theistic communists, I guess. Is what oh, I'm doing. Okay. Which wow. works really good with this setting. Okay. Um, because it increases their labor. So they don't... They work harder because of the way this... So there's buffs that come with this, too. Okay. So, yeah. And because of the... If they believe in hard work, then they wake up early and do hard work. They don't bitch and moan. They're not, nobody has the trait of lazy. So, like, it takes away certain negative traits. Uh-huh. Um, but they're also tunnelers. So they have to be in a mountain. So these guys, I've created a mountain base, which you know, if you've played RimWorld at all, that takes like four times as long. But it's super awesome once you get it going. Yeah, because it doesn't burn down. Yeah, I mean, they could try to burn it down, but it doesn't necessarily get past the room that you're in. Um, Yeah, it just burns all the stuff in the room. Yeah. You can essentially seal rooms in and let them... Let the room burn out and just be like, yeah, I'll just rebuild your bedroom, thanks. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I've been doing that, and I've the sheep. So was it the Christian? No, I did another one that was animist, and they couldn't eat meat, so they had to, and they didn't want me to cut down trees, which made it really fucking hard, to be honest with you. Wow. So I played that for about an hour and a half, and I said, "Man, I am not at this level yet." Or I don't know. I don't know how the meta game works. Like I need to get a stone cutter table and immediately start hauling chunks and then creating everything from stone. I guess. I guess you have to do everything stone. Yeah. So you'd have to get somebody that's a dedicated stone cutter and then collect all the stone to cut for I mean, all your blocks. Which I mean is doable, but I didn't have any power, and the first generator you get runs off wood, or it's a windmill, right? So and which I didn't have requires to, wood, doesn't it? No, the windmill doesn't require wood. Oh, okay. But um, I didn't have the stuff I needed for the windmill, so I had to try to build everything out of stone. It's like, this is taking forever. Yeah. And I don't, of course, there, if there's no wind that day, then you don't have power that day. So I ended up going with the monotheistic, tunneling uh, communist people um, with psychic powers. And so... My leader has a psychic power that lets him stun people right now. So he can stun, he can <laughs> heal them with his faith. Um, yeah, healed. Yeah, healed. <laughs> um, and he's got a assault shotgun. And this is all within about four hours of gameplay. So, which is a pretty damn good start, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I'm in the swamp, and the swamp is hard as shit. I don't know why chose the swamp because it's like, I haven't played the swamp in a while. What's so bad about the swamp? I was like, oh yeah, everybody gets diseased. It rains all the time and you have to build bridges all over everything so that you can build over all the water, which means that you can only have certain types of structures, which they were toddlers, so we built into the mountain, but everything surrounded it is sitting on bridges, which means it's all wooden structure. Because you can't put stone structures on bridges unless you build stone bridges. Which requires even more stone, which yeah. you don't necessarily have a whole lot of in a swamp. Well, I've been I mean, cleaning out a mountain. Clean, yeah, you've been cleaning out a mountain. I've I got remember, all the fucking stone. I just remember, you know... And I haven't found any of the weird, like, bug creatures in the mountain yet. But I know that as the colony gets richer, I'll start to get those events. So that'll be something I need to be conscious of. Yeah, it's just set up, like... You know, you, you can kind of build your... Uh, build your base so that it has barricades in a, uh, in certain places. And that'll give your uh, colonists like a cover spot in, indoors. They do something else, too. So you used to have to have sandbags for cover. Right. Now they've got barricades, which you can make out of anything. Yeah. Um, so the barricades offer your char- your a base 50% chance to miss, I believe, um, for anybody that shoots at somebody behind that barricade. And now they got formations that you can set for your colonists so that when you're doing fighting, you can um, set a formation pretty quickly. Yeah. Which actually helps out quite a bit. Um, but they move in formation. Now the woods, I don't know if the woods gave you cover before or not, but the woods do give you cover now. Hmm. So you can use that to your advantage if you don't have a lot of barricades set up. Um, and now there's breaching. So if you get a breach axe, you can use it to destroy even a stone wall to break through into a colony, or they can use it to break down a door or whatever, so you should focus fire whoever's got the breach axe um, so that you can uh, make sure that you don't get overwhelmed. Yeah, I think I played about 30 minutes of that the other day. Uh, played, I, I didn't buy ideology, I just I, I just have the base, you know, base game of RimWorld, but I've, I've 
uh, a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the new stuff, like the breach axe and stuff like that, wasn't in the game when I was playing it. You know, fucking three, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think that's just in one point three now. Yeah, when I looked at my, you know, because Steam back, uh, Steam Cloud, save, you know, saves save all uh, all of my uh, save data. Um, yeah, my save was back in zero point three or some shit. Uh, like well before the fi- uh, the official release of RimWorld, uh, I was playing it back when it was early access. Uh, so it it straight up said your save's not compatible. Sorry, um, uh, and not like I was gonna go back to playing my old save from fucking four years ago, but still, um, it's changed a lot. I mean, there's two different paid DLCs, right? There's royalty, and there's ideology, mm-hmm. and I'm a RimWorld's one of my top ten games of all time, so As, I just give Tyrion all the money. It's it's a good game. I'll give it that. It's got a lot of systems to it, and uh, and it can and if, get pretty deep. Uh, you know, the, you know, on, on what it requires, like each thing. Uh, for me, though, it's it it's not the kind of game I enjoy that much. It's too passive in some ways like you tell people what to do and then they just do it and sometimes you can tell them exactly what to do and sometimes you can't and sometimes they get the mind a uh, mind of their own and they want to go like you know burn down a forest um and that it's it's just understanding the priority system and you and you can queue up stuff right so you hold down shift you can prioritize hold this hold that then or you could do like a shift click move kind of thing. So you shift click and you can, when you're doing the fights, you can use that to move from point to point so that you can go cover to cover while you're fighting something. Okay. It's, it, it matches your style of game way more than it matches my style of game. Like you are big into, you know, in, you know, into like tactical games and shit like that. Whereas I am not necessarily. Uh, this is kind of a mixture of almost an idler, almost a, uh, a city builder, and you know, and almost like a tactical, you know, shooter situation. And and you definitely like the uh, the aesthetic for it. And, I have not been able to get past 30 minutes of it lately. Uh, so while I have it installed, there's probably no no way I'm going to uh, be able to get into ideology. Oh my god, Doug. So Rusty's been playing Monster Hunter Stories. Yes, so I picked up Monster Hunter Stories. And uh, that, that, was, that was the thing that I said I was going to do. And I played... Quite a bit of it over uh, over the course of the last two weeks. I just didn't talk about it last week. Um, so, Monster Hunter Stories. Uh, the short description is Monster Hunter Pokemon. Uh, that is the short description. Um, it has a lot of the same, you know, a lot of the same or the same monsters. There's going to be monsters that you recognize if you played Monster Hunter World or any of the other uh, previous Monster Hunter games, um, you'll be able to, you know, to recognize, you know, some of, you know, or all of them, actually. They're, 
yeah, it's basically fucking Pokemon though. The combat is super simple, but it uh, uh, it gets more nuanced as you go along. So it runs off of a kind of like a rock paper scissors style, uh, you know, combat. So uh, s- speed beats, uh, speed beats strength, tactical beats speed, and you know and uh what was it strength beats tactical so yeah but, so it's like but what makes one monster better than the other so the monster all, all of the monsters have kind of like a unique ability like they have certain things that they're uh that they're able to uh to do like the uh puki puki has you know has the uh poison tail right and poison spit so it can poison enemies and things like that the uh anjanath has its flame breath and and it can do you know flame uh flame attacks it's also a you know strength or power monster so it will you know you'll be able to kind of switch things in and out of battle and that's another thing that you can do just like pokemon you can kind of call your uh call new monsters into battle based off of what you you know run into there is uh you know, random encounters that you, you know, that you run into that are avoidable. You could avoid them all if you wanted to, or most of them. Um, but, uh, each, each monster has, you know, a type, right? It has a, you know, it has like the tactical type or it's a speed type, but you won't necessarily know exactly what it is until you get into a battle with them. Um, so, you could have your Anjanath and your uh, as your starting monster or monsty as they call it, which drives me up up the fucking wall. Um, the naming of uh, of it is just too cutesy for me, uh, monsty. Um, and now but, we know exactly. I really would not have liked this game, right? Not tactically deep enough for me, uh, and too cute. It's yeah. It it makes for it. It takes some getting used to, but. Uh, you, you start with say an an Anjanath as as a uh, you know as a creature that you have in your party. Uh, it's a power you know power type, but you run into a you know a speed type uh, enemy where he uses speed attacks mo- uh, mainly. Uh, so you can change out to a, a different you know different monster that uses tactical uh, as its main type of damage, uh, and you can't really fully control what your monster's doing. Um, you can direct it once you have some kinship points, which you get for doing, um, like, combined attacks, which do look cool. Uh, you know, if you and your monster do the same type of attack, say it's like a speed attack. Yeah. You you and your monster do both a speed attack. You will both, you know, both attack at the same time. Um, and most of the time that will supersede the uh the enemy's attack so it cancels the enemy's attack and it's a good way of being like offensive as a defensive option um there's a, a buttload of you know of monsties that you can get in this game that all have their own different abilities and random uh, random traits that they get. And as you play through the game, uh, you do this, uh, this thing, uh, 
called the rate of channeling, which essentially take you know, allows you to take certain abilities or certain you know certain stat boosting abilities from other monsters. You sacrifice the monster and put those abilities onto you a monster that you like so that you can kind of modify the monsters as you go along to make them more powerful and you know and give them you know higher attacks and higher you know bigger abilities um so it does give you a lot of things that you can change about uh the monsters so that you can have an engineath that has you know some you know some extra attacks instead of just breathing fire and being you know being badass <laughs> it's it's uh it does have that kind of thing going for it it's just um for me it's monster hunter light and and i've found myself really liking the idea of going back to like a monster hunter world where you just you know you, you just fucking shit up um it's very this is I know Justin would hate it. I know, I know for a fact Justin would hate it. Um, because it's almost too cutesy for me. Monster Hunter for kids. Well, I mean, it's Monster Hunter Pokemon. I mean, what do you expect? Instead of being a hunter, you're, you're a writer, which takes a completely different view to, you know, hunting monsters. You are, you know, you're training monsters instead of, like, you know, hunting them specifically just for their parts. You still hunt for parts, and you still, like, you know, wear an Anjanath suit while riding an Anjanath, which is all the fucked up. But it's still, like, you know, it's instead of only doing the hunting, you are also looking for eggs to train. Okay. So. Is... Where's your ranking so far? Honestly, I mean, it's competent and simple enough that most people can get into it. Graphically, it's a Switch game that was ported to PC, and I picked it up on PC. If you're playing it on Switch, it makes sense. Because there's, I mean, it doesn't have, it, it doesn't have the best overworld, if, if that makes sense. Uh, the overworld it's is... It's not high fidelity. I, uh, visuals. No, I can see the grass growing five feet in front of me, you know, kind of bad. Um, and the overworlds are fairly open and barren. There's really not a whole lot in them. You spend a lot of time just going and picking plants and shit. So, uh, and, and avoiding monsters. And then you go to monster dens to get eggs, which are like little mini dungeons. Uh, overall, I mean, if you're a Pokemon player, this would be right up your alley. I've never really been a big Pokemon player. Um, so if it, if you were a Pokemon player, yeah, this, this would, you know, this would be an easy buy for you. Uh, if you're a Pokemon player that also liked Monster Hunter, uh, and the lore behind Monster Hunter, this is an absolute must have. For me, it's middling. It's it's just it's just a decent enough game to maybe play for a little bit, but I found myself falling off of it about 
you know, maybe a quarter of the way through the story. Is it, so. is it uninstalled yet? It's not uninstalled yet, but it's close. And that and that that's saying something. <laughs> so, so it's like a three. It's three point five. Like, I would say it's not terrible. It's just not for you. It's just not for me. It's not my kind of game. Um, it's uh, yeah. I can I can see the appeal to it, but it's not uh, not appealing to me because my first experience with Monster Hunter, admittedly, was Monster Hunter World, and that is kind of what I base my uh, you know my uh, my judgment off of. And if it doesn't play like Monster Hunter World, then it's not really a Monster Hunter game to me. It's Fair. only. It's only a Monster Hunter game in name only, and that's. And other than that, it reminded me more of Pokemon than anything else. Um, so that was that was one of the games that I picked up and you know gave a shot, sixty dollars worth of shot. Yeah, it's a lot of it's <laughs> a lot of shot. I haven't um, played. I was telling Rusty, I was like, I don't, I don't, I haven't played that paid that much on a game in a while. Yeah, it's it's been, it's it's been a minute since I picked up a $60 game like that just specifically like that um, I've picked up other games like well yeah. so soon I'll have more to talk about with Battle Sector I will tell you I've at least got uh, through a couple of missions nothing wrong with it so far it's, the only reason I haven't played a lot of it is sometimes Rimworld really sinks its teeth into me and I was that's what I was playing this afternoon Super chill game. Um, Yeah. Just, you know, listen to podcasts. I was talking to a friend of mine. It's one of those games that I can just play while I'm talking to somebody, you know? Yeah. And so really works. I mean, the other night I was playing it while I was talking to you. So, like, it's just, it is one of them kind of games. Right. And it fit the need this afternoon. So that's what I played. But I did play through a couple missions of Battle Sector, um, Warhammer Battle Sector, which is. Yeah. That's the 40k version of a tactical game. It's, uh, so, let's see, <clears throat> good tactical Warhammer games. I mean, and not 4k or 4x grand strategy, strategy either. Um, it would be, the order it goes so far is Mechanicus, Yep. then Battle Sector, okay. and then Mordheim. Mordheim's really hard. Okay, um, yeah, well. And Battle Sector might beat out Mechanicus. I don't know yet. But from what I've played of it so far, there's some things I like about it better than Mechanicus. So Mechanicus is, you've got like two or three abilities per character, right? But you've, you're constantly upgrading your, what are those, what's that Warhammer character type called? The Psy something or other? Uh, oh, um, they're like the Psychic Templars or whatever, right? Yeah. They have the weird like tentacle things hanging all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's cy- completely cybernetic. Yeah, um, these are your basic war marines so far, and you play in these little squads. But they, the way that it works out is each squad is like a single unit, right? So each squad's got like anywhere from like three. So far, I've got a squad of guys that are like grenaders slash melee guys got a squad of guys called blood angels that fly all over the place yep that have chain swords and bolter pistols yep and then i've got a group that just has bolter rifles 
um, mm-hmm. and a couple of commanders. So I've got one guy that's a priest to home my units. I've got one guy that gives my guys a tactical advantage that's a commander. And then these squads that have anywhere from like six to three people each in each one. And it you have different movement or different characters, I think, have different points. But so far, the average is having four movement points per character and two action points to mess with for your attack actions. Mm-hmm. But you can combine the two actions action points together to get better moves. And then as you get kills, you get, like, bonus actions. Okay. Yeah. So, like, for example, if I only got two action points for attack, but I've got my guy that can shoot grenades, right? Grenade costs three points. That means I can move three, save one, and then use the two plus one, right, to shoot my grenade. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So facing is also a thing. So I'm fighting something that's uh, very melee-based so far. And so if they get behind me, they get a, like a, an attack advantage, or if they flank me, they get an attack advantage. So right. my facing on my character when I end my turn is very important. So um, there's like a disengagement attack. So if I get in melee range with somebody who doesn't have much for melee, they can back up and get a small advantage and do a little bit of damage, but disengage from the melee. So the melee has to use action points to get closed back in again. But um, it's got overwatch. It's directional. So you kind of aim at a tile and it shows you what tiles it's going to cover. If you aim at that tile and that puts you in overwatch mode and then you've got a percentage chance to hit. So it's not a hundred percent chance to hit kind of like an XCOM, right? Right. Uh, but it tells you when you're hovering over the characters, what your percentage chance to hit. When certain characters die within the squad, you lose squad people. Now I haven't tried to heal them to see if anybody resurrects, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't. But, um, as the health of the unit drops, you drop characters in that unit, so to speak. Right. Well, that's... And, and then you've got larger units that can... So, like, playing through the tutorial, I had a couple of, like, tanks, essentially, that, right, that have their own health and it's a single unit, or mechs that only had a single unit. So, but, like, the sound design's good. There's It's all voice dialogue for the sequences in between. And so far, it seems neat. So far, it seems neat. Yeah, it's that seems a lot more like uh, you know the 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 squad bases that you get for uh, uh, for the tabletop. It feels it sounds a lot like the tabletop as far as that because when you uh, when you do damage to a squad in in the tabletop, I believe it takes out the miniatures so that you don't get as many attacks from that squad. Uh, for the, you know, for the next, you know, on your next round, which is, it, it makes perfect sense. Like you, that, that changes the amount of damage that you can get from a squad when you lose a, a squad member. Right. So, Correct. Cause uh, they all individually fire. Right. So, you know, so that kind of fits more the, the, the tabletop version of the game, which is something that would probably appeal a lot more to, you know, the players of the tabletop for sure. Uh, it appeals more to me. I would play this kind of, uh, this kind of, you know, 40 K game versus say like a total war or yeah, the, a, uh, the total war is a little bit daunting. I have total war too. Cause I got it on sale for like 19 bucks. And because there's like 7,000 systems in that game, right? It's a little bit, you kind of have to say I'm committing myself to playing total war for a couple weeks. 
right? Because it's going to take you a day to kind of get the hang of what you're doing before you get to having the fun part. It's a really highly rated game. Right. But I, for some reason, I can never say, I need something I can kind of just jump in and start doing things and start to get the hang of it. Right. Only a handful of games that I will commit to a lot of times, something like a RimWorld, where I'll spend enough time to try to get to know how the systems work before I have fun, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, we and you played kind of, I think it's more of a surprise for you and less of a surprise for me. Yeah. Um, We played some Orcs Must Die 3 co-op last night. Yes. Yes, we did. And we got through like what? We're up to like Mission 12, I think. Yeah. Uh, We're going through the campaign. The campaign's actually fairly, you know, uh, fairly fun. The, uh, uh, this is the very first Orcs Must Die game for me. This is uh, not a... uh, uh, I'm I'm not a orcs must die veteran of any you know of by any shape or the means, um, but I understood the premise. I understood that it was like a a tower defense that you are actively engaging in, uh, so you're not just watching the enemies there's, all the time. There's only one other game I've played that's kind of like that, but it's not orcs, and that's Sanctum. Okay, yeah. And Sanctum's not bad. It's pretty dated at this point, but you're, like, fighting robots, and yeah. you're actively shooting down at them while you're placing your defenses, but they do go into a pretty determined pattern. Right. And it is very, very much classic tower defense. Yeah. Um, where this is kind of, I mean, it is, right? If you've played Orcs Must Die, there's a lot in this that's going to seem the same, but... Based on how well you do during the match, you earn skulls, and the skulls are used to unlock new trap variants or traps. Or abilities uh, for, uh, you know, like, extra damage types, uh, cooldown reductions for, like, the time between when a trap actually springs and when it can spring again. Um, You know... the thing about the traps is that they don't always go off. Like if, uh, if you put down a spike trap, and this is something I had to learn like on the fly. You put down a spike trap. It does not go off every time something goes, you know, goes over it. Cause it has a cooldown. It, it springs. And then it has like, uh, like a six second cooldown before it springs again. Uh, so that means instead of just putting down one of those, you have to put down a range of different styles of trap because they could hit one, trigger it, and then the uh, the enemy that's right behind it will just be able to walk right over that. And there are some units that, you know, some enemies that will run right over the traps and spring them all. And that means that everything behind that fucking enemy, fucking kobolds, uh... The, all those enemies will get through your traps because they're able to just spring them all. Um, yeah, and that was... They've got a lot of... So there are more enemy types in this than the other games. So we haven't encountered flying units, but flying units were a thing in the last game. And there will be flying units in this one from what I understand. I have, uh, We haven't run into them yet, but, but that means that anything that is on the ground won't affect them. Correct. So one of the things that... Us, teaching rusty was about combos so you get more the way the game works right is you got a budget that you use to place your traps each trap costs so much let's just call it coins right yeah this is their currency of some sort right so they cost so much money and then you got to build within that budget and you can sell traps 
for the same amount you paid for them, so you can replace them or whatever. You're not locked into it until the match starts. Right. But um, you earn more currency by how many damage sources each creature is taking when they die. Right. So, like, we were getting plus nines in a couple of cases because of me and you were both shooting them, plus they were getting hit by seven other traps. Right. So... It's the art of the game is we call it the art of the kill box. Yes. Um, which means that you create pathways that they go through where they hit multiple damage sources before they get to the end of the, the box. And then you shoot them like fish in a barrel while they're stuck in all these things. Um, and then, then you get a lot more extra. So instead of getting like 10 coins for a creature kill, yeah. now you're getting 80 coins or 90 coins for a creature kill, which gives you more budget to create more elaborate traps. To have more crazy stuff going. Right. Uh, which we had some pretty great things going on. Like they had freeze damage plus slow plus wall spikes plus fire plus lasers plus um, <laughs> the, plus spikes plus electric the, damage. The haymaker doing the Plus thing. the spinning hammer trap that just spins hammers in a circle and knocks things all over the place. It's gory but kind of... Kitty isn't the right word. It's just very cartoonish score. Yeah, it's, I mean, orcs must die. I mean, yeah. that's just, I mean, it's in the name. Yeah. Uh, the they, they will split apart if you shoot them. Their heads will pop off if you headshot them. Uh, but it's it's not like, I, I wouldn't say it's it's like a horror, like, I don't, I don't think of it as, I think of it as Gibbs. It's basic, basic Gibbs. Uh, that you see from like, you know, any other game that doesn't have like persisting bodies or anything like that. They they do go away after you know after a second. They'd have to because they send a lot at you. They send so many units at you. And we were worried about a couple of things. So you, the basic currency in the game is skulls. And when we started co-op, I was like, man, I hope something carries over. We found out whatever we unlocked in our book is what we could use in there. They split the currency basically down the middle for us to spend. Right. So that you spend money for your traps. I spend money for my traps. And we had to kind of think because I had cheaper barricades than he did. So I did barricades and he did certain traps that I didn't have unlocked. Right. And then based on what kills I was getting with my traps and his traps were the currency we were getting back. So it made a lot of sense for us to set like when we'd have two doors going at the same time. We're each watching a separate door. It made sense for me to put a few traps on his side and him to put a few on my side so we could both receive some of the combo money. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the 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 way that that all works, basically splitting the, you know, uh, splitting it down the middle where you each person, if you're playing co-op, gets half of the currency basically means that one person can't be the trap master. Uh, one person can't be the mastermind, you know, as far as like setting up the traps. You have to actually think. Each individual person has to think. Well, we have um, to work together, and we do have to communicate and work together. And that uh, that was and, and that is actually really good. I I appreciate that. That is uh, something where you know, if I can understand kind of how you have the barricades laid out, I can kind of put in traps that make the best use of those uh of those barricades and uh and be able to cover certain choke points with multiple damage sources so that we get the most bonus out of it 
and we're we were having a whole lot of fun. I mean, there are certain scenarios that we ran into that were like, "How the fuck do you do this solo?" Like, <laughs> it's how. I mean, there's three doors with four paths to get to the rift that you're supposed to protect. You know, in well, a tower to... defense sense, how the fuck do you cover three doors as one person? Because the traps are not meant. The traps are meant to thin the herd, but they're not meant to, you know, to get everything that comes through that door. I think we we figure out a way to funnel all the creatures on that one side up the stairs and back around. I know if you don't, you, nobody but me and you know what we're talking about. Right. But, like, there comes a point in that game where you've got to get really fucking creative with what you do. And then it probably requires us to have even better combo multipliers than we were getting to have the budget to do the crazy stuff we need to do. Yeah. Well, we didn't fit in every level has a way that you can get some extra points by using the level to your advantage. So like they might have a wall of spikes and they might have a meat grinder on the wall or a pit or something like that. You get a little bit of extra points by getting the creature to die by the level basically. Right. So if we can, if we can, uh, use like a flipper trap, which basically just you know flips up and shoots off whatever enemy is on the trap into a direction. Uh, we but were we using had a- the flipper traps to actually fling the be- uh, the you know the enemies off of the map, and they would end up just dying off the map. Well, and we had the one that literally had it looked like a hamburger meat grinder yeah, off that. If you could make them hit that wall, they'd slide down the wall into the grinder. So we set up a few traps, and it was pretty entertaining to just watch just, them. And yoink! It was. We, we'd be sitting there, of course, because you're uh, you're actively you know you're actively fighting. Like most of the big monsters don't necessarily die to the traps, so you have to you know you have to whittle those down yourself. Uh, but most of the smaller orcs will just hit the, uh, hit the traps and generally die. But every so often, we were sitting there like. Uh, we, we were both playing the bow character, uh, and we're still sitting there pinging fucking orcs, and in the background, you just see this fucking orc go, wee <laughs> into the fucking grinder, just, oh my god, the orcs are flying. Um, <laughs> Honestly, so far, the another huge difference between this one and other ones, I mean, the co-op, I think, has been in it since one, but... Um, the uh, They have something called a war zone, which is a new scenario. What Warzone does, it gives you some bigger traps, yes. and it gives you even more orcs to kill. So, in the magnitude of usually about a thousand, and generally the they're <laughs> yeah, and generally they're um, there's a lot more of the uh, the bigger guys, but of course you've got big traps to you know to deal with them, uh, and there's always a boss that has some kind of thing about it. Like uh, the, la- the last boss that we ran into. Uh, would jump over barricades and the way we were protecting that particular map we had bar- uh, barricades as an, into a kill box and uh, yeah the, the way we set it up is that everything had to come down a single lane and we knew that if that guy got loose into that lane our whole thing was screwed right so, so we had to focus down that fucking boss to make sure that 
there was no way that that, uh, that boss was going to get past the traps. I had to actually run out into the middle of the fucking orc army and fight him because I was playing a melee character at that time. And I was like, I'm going to fucking like keep him here. And I had, um, so you, you had set a, up a uh, freeze power. Right. You have uh, a loadout that you can set at the beginning of each map. That includes all of your traps, all of the trinkets, any weapons that you uh, that you want to bring outside of your main weapon. And the one of the trinkets that I brought was a freeze amulet, which allowed me to shoot uh, projectiles that froze enemies in, in place. Well, I was just using my amulet every time this guy would want to move. I just froze him in place and Justin was over on a catapult fucking like bombing them from afar. Which was also hitting all of the orcs around him. Right. So you froze him, and I had to pick him out. And honestly, hitting him with the catapult is not easy. <laughs> no. Because it's got about a two-second delay before it hits something. Right. So I was kind to kind of guess where you're going to freeze him, and then launching it ahead of time. <laughs> um, I missed him a couple times, but we were able to take him down that way. Um, and then our traps were able to hold everything at bay. Like, we had banks of archers just raining hellfire down on the battlefield yeah it was it's pretty spectacular the 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 war zones are a spectacle and are really fun yes um but it does usually take some creative thinking like we had one that was a tower with entrances on both sides and it was really meant you covered one side i covered the other side and i don't know how the fuck we'd have done that how do you yourself. do that solo that's uh, i mean it's uh, i, I was... think you set up traps and sit in the middle and fight everything inside I think that would be the only way that you get this. So on the worst scenarios, uh, you're you're protecting the gates, and if they can get through the gates, then there's an inside area, which is what looks a lot like you could have gotten them down, maps. You could have gotten them down to one lane because it was like six stories tall. Yeah, it's, uh, and you could have just sat on one of the staircases. 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 You could have sat on a staircase and funneled everything up, but they would have broke through the gates way early. I don't know how you get like a a five star on that without co op. Yeah, it would have been really hard. It's yeah, and that's just one of the examples of like how the fuck do you do the solo? Uh, so I kind of resigned myself. I played the first few uh, first few maps solo, and some of them were all right. Some of them were kind of crazy. Uh, a... But as soon as we played one of the maps, I was having problems with solo in co op. I'm like, oh, this is way easier. This is way more manageable when you've got, like, sure, there's more orcs if you're playing co-op, but you have, I mean, a whole other person firing a weapon. And that You've got another set of eyes. Yeah, and that covers covers a whole lot of other things. Like, I'm like, oh, God, a a kobold got through, and he's like, no worries, and I fucking go, and he goes up and fucking takes out the kobold, uh, and... I'm still sitting there fighting ogres. Uh, it it's fun, guys. It's uh, it's I don't, thirty I don't, bucks, but it's, a, it's worth thirty bucks. It's worth thirty bucks, especially if you've got somebody that likes to you know that if you like tower defense. I mean, tower defense does you know does it have its own genre, but it well most of it in this day and age is designed to mobile games and they suck. Right. This is more active. I mean, you're putting down traps, and like I said before. Those traps are not meant to kill everything. Those traps are meant to thin the herd so that you're not killing a bunch of small things. You are supposed to be taking care of the big shit. 
the trolls, the ogres, the fucking, you know, you know, the elementals. It does get really satisfying when you can even take them down in the traps. So. Oh, well, I mean, we, the, the last map that we played was, uh, <laughs> uh, there was a really short path to the, uh, uh, to the rift. <clears throat> and then there was, uh, two doors on a fairly long path to the rift. And, uh, what we ended up doing was we've set up two fairly damn good kill boxes. We put one really good kill box on the, you know, on the two door path, uh, which basically handled everything. And until it got overwhelmed from not being, re- not being able to be reset. Right. And then, uh, and <clears throat> then I, uh, and I was covering the short path to, you know, that only had one door, but the, uh, we had gotten that set up in such a way that they had to snake through uh, a number of different, you know, different traps just to be able to get out of the kill box. Uh, so it was even taking out the big guys, uh, which was really great. I loved it. Uh, and that was probably <laughs> one of the funner maps that we ran into. But overall, Orcs Must Die 3 is a winner so far. I don't have a rating for it because we haven't beaten it and figured out all the things, but there are. There's a free DLC that came with it, and there's an endless mode and some other modifier mode that we haven't really touched. We have we did the endless mode once, which was got pretty insane by Wave 16. Well, we I think we could do better. Uh, and as you play those, you get mm. bonus skulls for you know for completing it. Uh, and even if you don't get like completion skulls, like the sometimes the monsters will drop a free skull, which basically is currency that you can use in the ca- uh, in the campaign and any other thing. Yeah, every time you see a skull drop, you got to pick it you up. You got to pick that up cuz that is that is very valuable currency. Um but that allows you to basically unlock everything over time, which gives it a sense of progression. Did backing out of this, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we hit our break? Uh yeah, I I did pick up one other game that came out in the last week, I uh, picked up a game called Death's Door. Uh, it's a development oh, yeah. digital game. Yeah, you were playing that the other night. Yeah, the uh, you know the premise was that you're a crow, basically, you know, re- uh, reaping souls, uh, and <clears throat> it being a developer digital game, of course, it has it's it's unique uh, because I mean you're a, you're a crow uh, and you're a, a grim reaper, which uh, ultimately, it boils down to kind of like a um, a, a simplified Zelda, uh, if, if if you can give it that. You get uh, there's a five different weapons that you can unlock through you know, th- uh, through the game. For uh, one of them is you uh, is the Reaper Sword you start with. Uh, it has um, Hades like combat where you're attacking and dodging, and you do have to make. You know, you do have to dodge quite a bit. Um, uh, and there's combos that you can do. There's uh, there's a few unlockable spells that you get, which is the Zelda-like... Uh, uh, there's Zelda-like abilities. Like, there's a fireball, but you use those for... Not necessarily for combat, though you can. Uh, the What do you use it for, then? Uh, you use it to light, you know... Um, light torches and uh, open up puzzles. Uh, there's uh, there's a couple puzzle areas. It's a areas. very Zelda thing. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, as soon as you get the hook shot, then it's like, oh god, this is exactly Zelda, um, because it it works just like Zelda. Uh, there's a bomb that you get, which is just like Zelda. Opens up, you know, cracked walls and doors and shit like that. Uh, it's <clears throat> it's short though. That's the thing. It's uh, it's twenty bucks. Uh, Did you it, beat it? And I beat it. It was oh, about, I didn't realize you beat it already. Uh, it's about eight hours long. Uh, so it's really and and I took my time. Um, so you could actually really speed run through this. Uh, I got through uh, most of it. I didn't get all of the achievements. I didn't hundred percent it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't find all the you know all the shrines. I guess there's like five left, and I didn't find all the collectibles. There are some like. They call them shiny things, which are just uh, collectibles in uh, secrets. Uh, so there's and this isn't like one of those things like uh, like where I did with Bloodstained, where I got the false ending. No, I don't think there's. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure I'm missing something. Um, because there is a character that says, "Come back and see me once you're strong enough," uh, and I came back and saw him after I beat the game because it kind of gives you the, you know, free range of the, uh, uh, of the map after, you know, after you beat the game, uh, so that you can find all the secrets and whatnot. And, and I was not able to, uh, I was not able to trigger whatever it is that it wanted me to trigger there. He said that I was not strong enough even after I beat the ba- final boss of the game. So I think you have to come back after you've, found all of the shrines and find all of the things. And I think that might, he, he might be a secret boss or there might be some kind of boss rush mode. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't found it and I didn't yeah, look it up. There's a lot of people's <laughs> reviews that have beaten it in about 12 to 14 hours. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was taking my time and I, and you spent about 10, I, I spent almost 10 hours in it. Um, uh, 9.8 hours. 9.8. So I was pretty close. Um, it It is it is fun. It, that's The the mu- music is great. And the music actually got me... <laughs> that I had the, the downstairs neighbor beat on my fucking door telling me to turn my fucking... Uh, turn my music down because I, I, I was interrupting her sleep because I had the music of this game turned up loud enough that it was, I guess, vibrating her ceiling or some bullshit. I love living in apartments. I fucking love it. Um, but, yeah, the, the the music was good enough that I was getting into it, and I didn't notice exactly how loud I had it, I guess. Um, or it was very bassy, and that was, that was a thing. <laughs> I guess if you compare it to something like Sixty dollars. It takes you twenty-five to thirty hours. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, there's, is, uh, there's different games that have an end that are is a lot shorter versus other games that just take way longer. Well, I mean, if if you were just to sit down and play something like a fucking classic Symphony a Symphony of the Night, technically you beat the game at a hundred percent. You know, or even less than that. You can technically beat the game. Uh, you know, at fucking i think i did it at like 70 percent. like that it doesn't require exploring everything and getting everything um but 
that game doesn't necessarily have a true ending until you flip the castle and do it over again. Right. And, and I'm not sure what the uh, the extra bit is to Death's Door. I haven't explored that. I kind of said I'm just going to give it uh, give it some time, maybe look into well, it a little later. How long did Ori take you? Ori was a little longer. I want to say it was probably 15 to 20 hours. Okay. Um, but I spent more time backtracking and exploring in Ori because Ori is beautiful. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're, di- they're quite different games, Ori versus, you know, Death Store. Um, but, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps and the Blind Forests, those are beautiful games that you absolutely should play. Um, they're shit. We got a lot coming out soon. So, yeah, I think I'm going to save that for the news section. Why don't we take a quick break? Okay. We'll be right back. A Jason voice. A Jason voice is back. So, yeah. So, it it be news time. Yeah, it's news time. Jason, hit us. What do we got? So, starting off with, and some people may or may not have heard of any of this because I didn't really start researching it till a couple days ago when I first heard about it. But at the beginning of this month, and the government over in China started really cracking down on cryptocurrency miners. Oh yeah. Thank God. Hard. About time. (laughs) Um, In fact, made several, that process started in June and they made several arrests at the beginning of this month. And as a result, um, in some countries, this hasn't really affected the U S yet. Um, but some of the European countries almost immediately on news of the arrests saw the overall price of graphics cards drop. <laughs> well, I wonder why. Um, in particular, in Germany, there was a fire sale on graphics cards. The price dropped so far. I think there's a combination of shit going on. It's not just the China thing. I think there's there's a... I mean, uh, Dogecoin's bubbles popped. Uh, Ethereum's bubble has yep. popped. Uh, the Ethereum... The, the developer, the lead developer behind Ethereum said, fuck you guys, I'm going home. Uh, same thing with Dogecoin. The, the creator of Dogecoin, he's like, I'm the fuck yeah. out now. Guys, well, it's off. this uh, also it's, coincides it's with, thing. yeah, this also co- coincides with Ethereum moving to a um, proof of stake. Yeah, yeah, that's that is uh, that was something that they were gonna. They're moving do. into hard drives. It basically, yeah. so well, proof of stake is you know, uh, there's what was the other one? Uh, proof of. Uh, 
Fuck. I'm not big into uh, into crypto, obviously, because I'm not able. But to it moves the work off a off a GPU, right? No, it's it has to do with how transactions are verified. So, uh, so instead of uh, yes, it it does move it off of the GPU because it's no longer proof of work. Right. So so they don't have to run as many processes to verify the coin. But you have to have coin to be able to trade coin. So Correct. you know, so instead of uh instead of using your GPU to net, uh to mine coin or to uh to be able to uh to uh, to run the algorithm to verify the key or whatever the uh, whatever it is the encryption for the blockchain, uh, you have to have coin to back up your purchases. Uh, so it's 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 complicated. There's uh, there's a lot of shit about crypto that I don't know, and I'll re- readily fucking admit that. I just know that from a gamer's uh, standpoint, crypto has twice now been a major factor in getting gaming hardware uh and the the lack thereof because it's ended up in fucking warehouses mining coins and instead of going into gamer machines and playing games like it was intended to uh so the crackdown of the you know the chinese government you know that take it or leave it we're not being political here it's just the fact that that happened uh is uh is one factor but the other, uh, other factor is is that bitcoin doesn't necessarily you know run very well on gpus anymore it's too hard to actually run uh or do mine on standard gpus that's why they're using asics uh ethereum is Moving away from GPU centric, you know, uh, work. Dogecoin was always a joke, and it has always been a joke, and that's been a meme. Uh, that was a meme stock that blew up and then uh, burst. Uh, yeah. and, and eventually, most of most of this reason is that Bitcoin and Ethereum's pretty much at its max mine limit at this point. Well, it. They both are almost completely mined, and that's part of the reason for them shifting to proof of stake. Yeah, it will. It's it. It is now a thing um, that is going to affect. It, it's one thing that will affect GPU availability, yeah. at least on the secondary market, because those old miner cards. Uh, will eventually end up in the secondary market like it did a couple of years ago when fucking Bitcoin blew up. Um, yeah, then watch for that to start happening over these next few months. Yeah. There's already some of it, but I don't think we've really seen the full wave of it yet. Well, you're looking at all of these people that have been fucking, you know, chomping at the bit to get a 3000 series card. Well, I mean, and I've got an employee that has asked me because he knows that I do this podcast and knows that I'm into PC gaming like he is. And he's like, hey, if you find out anything, just at me on all social media every time you see something. (laughs) And so randomly I'll be like, hey, dude, uh, 3080 is available on this site today because I still subscribe to notifications on Twitter Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. Right. And so I'll just randomly ping him Mm -hmm. and he still hadn't grabbed one. And he's 
trying to build a PC for him and his girlfriend, and he's got a 2070 Ti, and want, his girlfriend has nothing. He built one from scratch, and he was looking at even spending $250 on a 1050 to get her into something, Ish. because there was nothing. And so well, I pinged him recently. There was a uh, PC Gamer did a story on a, some on a bunch of people lining up. So Best Buy for one day. Um, decided on Tuesday last week to release, um, basically, if you could get in-store early, mm-hmm. they would sell out of whatever physical stock they had of 3080s. Okay. And one of the guys from PC Gamers lives in San Francisco and lined up 24 hours ahead of time. Jesus. Um, he was saying that, Basically, they had enough GPUs on hand to serve around 200 customers. Well, so I mean, which isn't bad. That's not bad considering the you know GPU drops you know have been like there's 20 available. <laughs> you know so that that's the kind of drops that uh, that were happening at the end of last year or end of the last year, beginning of this year. Um, that's the kind of availability there was, but. Waiting all day for a card is crazy. Like, at the very least, they got it in MSRP, so they didn't have to pay full price, you know, ex- ex- extended pricing on it. Right. The, um, the that was how they were getting around scalpers. So we're just going to do a sales event for GPUs. Right. The, I mean, I, I was following the fuck out of everything. And, of course, Micro Center was, you know, was one of the places to go uh, if you wanted to get a, uh, a GPU uh, early on, because uh, they seem to be getting at least, uh, you know, like 15 to 20 or so every week. Uh, and there were people that were driving three states away to go sit in a parking lot of uh, of Micro Center and stand, you know, stand in line 24 to 48 hours in advance just on the hopes that, you know, something would come in. Uh, I mean, that's how desperate it was at the beginning of all this. And uh, so sitting outside of a Best Buy for 24 hours, I mean, I I don't think I would have been able to do it because I get stir crazy if I'm sitting in one spot not doing it and not able to do anything for that time. But people are desperate for fucking chips right now. So, I mean, when, when the secondary market actually uh, starts to flood from you know from these uh mining gps i i don't know how much of a flood it's going to be i'm just going to be honest i don't think it's going to be enough to even service the people who are really even willing to buy old miner cards uh but the only thing that's bad about uh the miner cards is that you don't know how long they've you know been on and how much they've been running. Now, most minor cards don't end up fully, you know, fully clocked. Like most minor uh, cards don't run at a hundred percent, just for power efficiency concerns. So, yeah, no, most of them run them at the most power efficient settings possible. So that means that they're not going to be overworked. They're just going to be, you know, on for an unknown number of hours. Um, and that, could... yeah, this is not like, uh, buying a, uh, buying a card that's been overclocked 18 hours a day for, 
Right. So so people who are buying the the minor cards, there there's a couple things from my perspective to look for. Um, you just want to look to make sure that all the components are clean. Like it's a you know it's going to be in a warehouse so or or in a mining setup. You want to make sure that it's not overly dusty. The other thing is is that you might want to you know if you're going to buy a minor card, you might want to look into a couple online guides. Um, you can probably go to a couple YouTube channels that uh, that I normally frequent that will tell you how to do teardowns and uh, and be able to replace fans because that's probably going to be the one thing that's going to uh, that's going to wear out the most is a fan on the minor card um, because you don't know how long those fans have been running or at what speed they've been running at. So uh, if anything's going to fail, you're just going to watch, uh, watch and you know, watch the fans and possibly know how to do a replacement for those fans. That's really the only thing I can think of. You're not going to get a warranty. You're not going to get any of that. So you're going to have to make sure that you know how to fix it. Um, outside of that, it all depends on the price. I mean, if they're going to get gouge the piss out of you, don't buy it. But if the price is fair, um, then, you know, and you're looking to get a card and you don't necessarily care about the packaging, that might be, it might be an option for you. I mean, the secondhand market saves things from the dump. So, uh, you know, less e-waste is good. That's the way I see it. Used parts aren't, aren't necessarily bad. They're just used and you need to know that you'll probably need to maintain them. So... Maybe not overclock yep. it out of the box, right? Um, but that that said, there's been other video card related stuff. Uh, I know there's a lot of it's very video card heavy uh, this week, but um, just in the last couple days, uh, Amazon Games actually put out the game, uh, uh, put out the beta for their game New World. Uh, and we were watching, so I PSA'd this on our official Twitter, Yeah, but you were watching it in real time as we were both watching things happen <laughs> online. Yes, it was, I was actually watching a, uh, uh, the Twitch stream, uh, of, I'll, I'll just say his name. It was, it was Glad. Uh, so, uh, I was watching Glad on Twitch. He was playing the new game, uh, New World, uh, on his PC and in his PC was an EVGA for the Win 3 3090. Uh, and he was playing the game. I was just looking in to see what the game looked like. I wanted to see what the combat looked like so that I could talk about it. Because I wasn't necessarily going to buy into New World or play the beta. Um, I just wanted to see what it looked like. Well, you know, as he was going, you know, going through certain things, I think he went into a menu or uh, or was, was sitting in town, was talking to chat at, at that point, looked over, looked back, and then all of a sudden his video feed went dead for the game. And he runs two PCs, so the stream stayed up, but he couldn't see anything on his game PC. Uh, and he looked down and uh, he's like, what the fuck just happened? And he and he listened and all of his fans on his uh, gaming PC were set to 100% speed and he reached down and like you know touched the you know case of the PC and he's like oh man that's hot that's that's really hot 
the hell's going on? So he, you know, uh, long story short, what ended up happening was his PC had, uh, had shown signs of having a thermal shutdown where it shuts, you know, I mean, machine, you know, PCs these days, once they get too hot, they'll shut, you know, shut down, uh, to, pre- uh, preserve the components. Well, that happened while I was watching, and then you know I was talking to Justin while I was uh, while this was going on. I'm like, "This is really weird. This this just happened." It's like, did his video card just die? Uh, and then apparently he was able to get it to boot up once more, get into the game, and as soon as he hit the menus for the game, video goes out. He hears a pop. And he can smell the magic blue smoke in the air. And that was it. His 3090 died. So this became a thing on Reddit. (laughs) And uh, Amazon Games actually sent a response to that. So I call some bullshit on this. But they said, hundreds of thousands of people played the New World closed beta yesterday with millions of total hours played. They had a total concurrent users of over 190,000 people on the beta. Um, New World makes standard DirectX calls as provided by the Windows API. We have seen no indication of widespread issues with 3090s, either in the beta or during our many months of alpha testing. The New World closed beta is safe to play. In order to further reassure players, we will implement a a patch today that caps frames per second on our menu screen. We're grateful for the support New World is receiving from players around the world, and we'll keep listening to their feedback throughout the beta and beyond, which makes you wonder if that was it. What the fuck? when I was going through the Reddit threads, right, so the Reddit link I posted had some stuff, but then going through the New World Reddit, the top Reddit for New World was graphic cards, and it wasn't just 3090s. Now, specifically, a lot of these people had an EVGA version of the 3090 that was having issues, but right. there were a lot of people that had 3080s. There were some people with some 1080s that were running into issues where they're sitting at, like, 90 Celsius with their card. Yeah. And people going into Afterburner or going into NVIDIA Control Panel, and they started frame-limiting the game to 60 FPS so they could play it. But that was the people that caught it. There was quite a few people, at least according to Reddit. I mean, okay, so they might say, who knows how many cards got fried. But EVGA said they were going to replace all the cards that got smoked in it, right? Right. And then then Amazon hadn't said anything. So... Uh, so EVGA was, you know, pretty quick to, you know, to get on this. Now, a couple of YouTube channels actually picked up on, you know, on this. A couple of tech tubers were, uh, were in it. I think uh, Jay's Two Cents actually tested it with his own 3090. But this was after they had done the frame limiting patch uh, that they had uh, announced on that, you know, that uh, press release. <laughs> Um, and Jace Two Cents was not able to, you know, to do any damage to his uh, 3090, though he did notice that there was some uh, some power usage spikes that was not necessarily normal um, for uh, for games. But he wasn't able to get it to, uh, you know, to overheat or uh, or do any type of shutdowns like these guys were experiencing. And he was using, a, you know, the same card. Um, that said. It wasn't just EVGA cards, and it wasn't just 3090s. There were some Radeon cards that died. There were some uh, some other cards that were died uh, that had died. And the 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 current theory, because it's not been confirmed by Amazon, they wouldn't do that. 
uh, and there isn't any you know any testing on some of the dead cards to find out exactly what the problem was um the the current theory was this was a combination of uh the software call from new uh new world having an unlimited frame cap and menus so it would push the cards to their limits and beyond uh and the fact that the uh components of those cards that died couldn't handle the you know the power boost that was happening so most of the uh, uh, most of the speculation is is that either a capacitor popped or one of the VRMs popped on those uh, on those video cards, and that would cause the video card to no longer function. Um, that said, that was a pretty immediate removal from my uh, from my uh, yeah. We wish both list. said remove from wish list. Add to follow. <laughs> I mean, it's not like these game. It's it's not very often that a game would cause a uh, a card failure, but it's possible, you know, under the right circumstances. And I think the perfect storm happened for New World in that situation. It is a beta, and you kind of take that risk when you play betas, um, because you never know whether or not something is currently optimized or uh, or you're going to run into like unlimited frame cap issues. But normally it's safe to play games on a card because it has hardware fail safes. It's going to try to protect itself. Uh, in this case, I guess that those fail safes had failed for certain cards. And that's why EVGA was really quick to do RMAs. In fact, they were doing cross shipping for their RMAs to get people their so cards. Sh shipping them ahead of the RMA. Right. So th the, uh, the the statement from EVGA was that they were uh, they were already sending cards to these people just a uh, and that was just a day or two after this had actually happened. So they were doing cross shipping, which is actually really great customer service. And most you know you know and all of those people who are uh, doing the RMAs are going to get their cards in you know only a short period of time. So that's really good. Um, what else? What else did we have, Jason? Mm, that's pretty much all I found that was really interesting to me, anyway. <laughs> I've just got game releases. Did you have anything else before I jump into game releases, Rusty? Uh, there was uh, there was a couple things. Um, we're not gonna get super duper into this, but uh, this is a big story. It's on the internet. And it's uh, if it's true, it's really deplorable. Uh, the Activision Blizzard was uh, was sued by California uh, over its frat boy finger quotes culture. Um, and if you want to read into this, you can. Uh, it's pretty horrible. Uh, you know, it just describes it describes what has been plaguing the games industry for years now, um, and it's. It, it's real bad. Uh, it's it's really really bad. Uh, if it's true, um, and we don't have any official word as to whether or not it is, it's currently an allegation. Uh, that is, uh, it's it's deplorable. Should never have this type of thing happen. It has to do with uh, you know inequality in the workplace, uh, hostile work environments, uh, you know. 
sexual advances and all kinds of nastiness. So uh, it's it's something that we're going to probably watch to see what happens with uh, and, and report as we've got right now. But all we've got right now is the allegations filed against Activision Blizzard. Yeah, but I think and, one thing that was important of note was that it was multiple allegations and not a single allegation. Right. This is this has uh, been going on for years. It's been an investigation for at least two years. I think it was, uh, uh, as they noted uh, in the uh, in the suit. Uh, so this is not necessarily something that's recent, uh, but is an ongoing issue that has not necessarily been fixed. Um, you know, based on the allegations here. So. Um, it's all over Twitter. I mean, if you are on Twitter or, uh, have been watching any of the news, it's, it's basically all over the place. Uh, there are people speaking out. There are people doing interviews right now. There's all kinds of stuff out there. So, because we don't have any, you know, uh, any of those, we don't have any interviews and we don't have any, uh, any contacts that used to be at, at Blizzard. Um, we're going to direct you to those news sources, uh, you know, and, you know, check things out on Twitter to make your own, uh, determination. But from my perspective, if this is true, absolutely deplorable. And I mean, I was never really, you know, never, I don't have any Blizzard games actually installed right now. Uh, and it's, and, and I don't, and I haven't had Blizzard games installed in a while. I mean, the last one I played was fucking Diablo, I think. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Diablo remake and Diablo Four, but right, uh, I'm not necessarily, you know, wasn't looking forward to Diablo Two's, you know, remake. Uh, Diablo Four was piquing my interests, you know, as from an uh, from an action, you know, RPG thing, and I'm sure that there are people that are, I'm sure that. Not everybody at Blizzard are, you know, is, you know, exhibiting well, the same thing. Well, the it's thing you like, got to realize about this is that Blizzard is an enterprise. Right. So they've got a QA department. They have a customer service department, right? Because, yeah. of, well, they have the game masters. They have right. the call centers. They have the game development team, right? And they have finance. Like, it could be any one of those departments that cause this issue. And it and could, they were, could be all of them. It's just, you know, we don't know. That's the thing. To con, uh, you know, to condemn an entire set of workers for you know the, the actions, actions of, of a deplorable few, yeah, you know, of a deplorable few, right? Is uh, I, I think that's taking things a little too far. Um, the you know the company culture as a whole could be definitely uh, criticized in you know in that regard, and there definitely needs to be change in, involved with that, but. Uh, you know, completely, you know, you know, I, I, I don't want to mess up the, uh, the, the opportunities that people, if there's anybody that holds true to the, uh, the original, uh, mission statement of, of Blizzard that still works there. I don't want to mess that up for them, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so I don't think uh, just just be careful with your can uh, with cancel culture because it could it goes way out of control and it can affect people you know people who have no part 
and what you're trying to cancel. <laughs> just just keep that in mind. Um, real quick, there's uh, one last thing that might make us go back into something. Uh, what's They're that? buffing things and uh, Outriders. Uh, I noticed that. Actually, um, I... So, to give you quick quick updates without reading whole articles, I'm sourcing Forbes, of all things. <laughs> Forbes. They're uh, getting into gaming news a lot. I saw... <laughs> I can't remember what was uh, Forbes, but anyway, go ahead. So, for example, the Feed the Fames, Flames Bullet Absorption mod for Pyromancer now gives 40% ammo instead of 33%. Volcanic Round Susceptibility mod now gives 50% resistance debuff instead of 34. Ash Blast base cooldowns from 27.5 seconds to 23.5. And the Death Sentence mod now lasts 8 seconds instead of 5. Um, I played a lot of Trickster, so Trickster's Borrowed Time cooldown is down from 13.5 to 10 seconds. Slow Trap from 30 seconds to 15 seconds. Jesus. Uh, time Rift down from 15 to 12. Um... Their dot went from increased to seventy one percent, and its duration went from ten seconds to six seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. So it increased by seventy one percent. That's pretty crazy. So, but the issue was, is on the higher levels, it got too difficult. Everything was so spongy you couldn't get through it. Right, and everything killed you so fast you couldn't heal through it. So it looks like they're finally listening to the player base who bounced off of it. Well. I mean, at some point, maybe we go back to it. We'll this see. Is I actually, the... actually, what I want to see before I jump back into Outriders mm-hmm. is just a content patch. I want to see. I'll, I'll give them fifteen bucks if they release a whole new mode and some maps and things like that. Well, I'm, I'm not a games as a service kind of guy. Like, if they want to release a paid DLC that adds maps to the game, which is what it needs. Um, yeah, we'll need no maps. I'm, I'm all, all for it, but. Um, I want to jump into some game releases because there's a fuckload coming out, and then we can end the show. Sure. So, just in the next week, Tribes of Midgard on 727. Looks good. Chernobylite on 728, which I actually just added to cart and mm-hmm. just hit accept. The Ascent on 729, um, which is the twin stick kind of Diablo set in a cyberpunk future kind of thing that's supposedly co-op. It's going to be on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. Yep. Um, we've got Grime, which is a, another Metroidvania-type game coming out on 8.7, which actually looks kind of cool. Sweet. Uh, we've got Death Trash coming out on 8.5, which is the isometric action RPG done in, like, super high-res 8-bit style, if that makes any sense. Uh, okay. Um, Starmancer, which is the Chucklefish base builder in space, coming out on 8.5. Icarus, which is made by the Daisy mod, the Daisy mod team, as one of their official games, is a game where you're in space. You go down to a planet that's been poorly ter- terraformed, and you're supposed to go from uh, ancient civilization back into the Atmo, which is supposedly a co-op building survival game, which I'm going to pick, be picking up probably. Yep. Uh, we've got uh, Humankind, which is the magnum opus for Amplitudes 4X games. Um, in the space, right? Um, that that team gotcha. Um, they've got a forks game, kind of like Civ, where you're supposed to build up a civilization from scratch and supposedly have something to do with all the human events in human history, all the way up to space age. Um, kind of like Civ, just way more influence in everything that's going on. Okay, um, that's out on eight seventeen. Game developers doing Civ better than Civ. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, well, Amplitude's pretty kick ass. 
Um, you've got Aliens Fire Team coming out on eight twenty four, and supposedly System Shock has a summer twenty twenty one release date being done by the same people that did Deep Rock Galactic. Mm. So um, I am anticipating the uh, System Shock remake as it looks pretty pretty sick. I am I am looking forward to getting my feet wet in Fire Team. I want I want that game to be. Th- the first good Aliens game since Isolation. I'm not going to pre-buy it. I'm going to see if on release date we have a Game Pass release before I pick it up. Eh, I'm gonna. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm gonna wait. Um. I'm gonna wait for every for- single one of these games except for the Chernobyl Light, which I knew would not be on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing. I'm checking Game Pass every time one releases to see if we get a secret release. I mean, obviously, but the uh, I, honestly, if. What I've uh, seen of Fireteam Elite is, uh, like, the uh, IGN actually had a uh, uh, a exclusive for, uh, exclusive coverage for Fireteam Elite, where they showed a lot of gameplay. Uh, I watched all of that, and what I saw looked interesting. From a, from a co-op standpoint, it looks really fun. Um... So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that is. Uh, this this next few, uh, the next month or two, it's it's packed full of game. Um, I'm really I've uh, really looking forward to certain things. Of course, I'm also looking forward to Lost Ark, and you can judge me now because I, I bought the hundred dollar pack. <laughs> I bought the platinum pack for uh, for Lost Ark, so I'm waiting for the beta for, uh, beta release and beta test for Lost for Ark. For your sake, I hope it's actually worth a hundred dollars. I because um, I don't have anything I've paid a hundred dollars for aside from the collector's edition, which came with physical content for Fallout Four because I got a fucking Pip Boy with it. Yeah, you got nothing physical out of that. No, I didn't get anything physical. You out got, of that. but then again, uh, you don't even know what you got. The the you really don't have no idea what you got. Well, yeah, because you don't know how it affects the game because you haven't played the game. Yeah, no, uh, I I bought it for the cosmetics. Honestly, oh my god, <laughs> I am I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. So you know, uh, when it comes to like exclusive mounts, exclusive pets, and stuff like that, I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Uh, and that is also a, a fairly big thing in MMOs to to have those as kind of like I was, you know, I was here, bef- you know, at the beginning. So that is in itself valuable to me. It may not be as valuable as something physical, but then again, your pit boy is also collecting dust. Um, and yeah, <laughs> my digital items will always be there digitally. So uh, that is. That is a thing. Uh, people do pre-orders for different reasons. I have been watching Lost Ark for a long time, uh, and I've been kind of waiting for it to release. And it's been my mental focus has been focused on Lost Ark's release for at least the last month or so. So, yeah. This is just peace of mind for me because a I'll be able to beta access it and I'll be able to tell you about it. Uh, and B, I mean, it gives me something to grind because I need a grindy game right now. I absolutely require a grindy game right now. 
to the point where I installed Path of Exile just before coming over. Um, because I need a grindy game. That said, I think that's it. All right, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TiltCast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got For the Love of Gaming. You got Cabbage KBG. If you got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV, they don't play very many MMOs. And with that, it's the end of the show. Peace.